Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, bots and cons to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Scott of VectorSigma.info. And Scott, I managed to to not die over the weekend from whatever illness happens to be going around my house. And we're getting an early start before the Thanksgiving holiday. And by the time most people are hearing this, it's only going to be like five days to the big show. I know, it's crazy. It it was weird when you and I were coordinating this offline, you know, when should we record? What topics do we want to cover? Do we want to spread it out? Blah blah blah. It it really struck me when it was like, wow, it's really only when we were talking about it 2 weeks away. And it feels like we've been talking about it for so long, we've been building up to it for so long that it's, you know, it's finally here, which is really cool. Yeah, it's, it wasn't a lot of time. Yeah, it it's it's funny how time flies. That I guess there's there's a lot of sayings about that. So, um, but rather than belabor that particular point, let's jump into a few things because we had, well, Scott, we had a lot of stuff come up in the last week. Uh, there was an event. There's obviously the the very short remaining countdown to the Energon Invitational. There were some rules updates. There's a whole lot of drama going on. There there's things to to satiate every potential listener and viewer, I think. So uh, I figured we'd start with the, I guess, the drier topic, and that is the rules update that came out. There were there were a couple changes. Um, there were three major ones, I think, and hopefully I didn't miss any. Uh, so correct me if you if I did forget one, Scott. But the the first one that I have up on screen right now that I wanted to highlight was that there are no more unintentional draws. And the way the end of match procedure works has changed. And then it's followed up by, well, the tiebreaker changed as a result. And then it's followed up by cards from outside the game. So if we start with <clears throat> how the end of match procedure changes, which is now characters all get tapped out as opposed to a single turn. And then after that, it will move into tiebreakers. Do you, give me your first impression of this or did do you have an impression of this at this point? Do I have an impression? Of course. <laughs> um, I know. It was kind of rhetorical, <laughs> but... <laughs> um, so, I guess the question... like The thing I don't understand... There's an echo, by the way. Um, is... What happens... Did you get a turn for each one of each one of the untapped guys? Like, you draw, play upgrades, play actions, etc.? That like, was I don't, my interpretation of it, but now that you're saying that, I'm second-guessing myself. <laughs> I mean, my interpretation was that you do also, but I don't understand how that's a, quote, good rule change, because I don't understand how that's supposed to save any time, unless you're under the assumption that we're later in, quote, game three, and so it's just some of your guys are dead, so there's just not as many turns left to be taken if time works out that way but i mean if it, if it if we're at like a start of i don't know like what, what we call the start of the combat round where everyone's untapped i don't understand how that's faster than each person getting one turn unless they have one bot well i, I don't think they fairness factor but i may have yeah exactly that i may have missed it because scott van essen did do a, a short blurb explaining the thought process behind some of the changes and I'm skimming it right now to make to see if I can find it, but I didn't see anything specifically calling out that they were concerned really with 
I mean, I guess the assumption is, yeah, it's going to take longer, but that's okay. I mean, I think sure. it's more that exactly what you said, that it's more to the, the fairness. You, you feel as if it was as close to a completed game as you can reasonably do, as opposed to, yeah, you get one turn and call it a day. I, I mean, these energy invitational rounds are going to be very, very, very long. Yeah, yeah, they, these are going to be very long rounds. I could certainly see that being the case. It's uh, going to be I a mean, draining. If it, like by the end of round six, you're going to feel like you you really put in some effort. <laughs> because there's no time limit in those extra turns, right? So I mean, well, by definition. I mean, yes, but at the same time, I'm sure it follows. And again, I don't think this is specifically laid out, but it's still, even though it's untimed. You still have to play at a reasonable pace. You can't just go, all right, I'm going to put my hand down and now consider all of my options. Like, you still have to actively be progressing the game. I mean, by that argument, you could, you have to do that at all times. I don't, I don't see that being, like, the case, to be honest with you. Like, I, just, I think this is bad for tournament play. Really? For constructed tournament play, I think this is bad. I mean, I would from a time from mm. a time perspective, it's just going to take forever. Oh yeah, it's certainly going to. But by the same token, there was the argument when they first implemented a lot of these rules of just simply people will learn. Now, I think there might be the assumption, and I don't know if these these rules changes were coordinated with. Oh, we're going to do this before the Energon Invitational because now we've gone through our tournament season. These should be the top tier players that would be able to pull this off anyway. So therefore you know, you can hold them to a higher standard and then they'll have judges going around actively monitoring for people playing slowly. I, I don't know. I would... Sure they, sure they will. Well, I mean, I'm I'm sure there are going to be judges. That, you know, we could have that conversation for another day. Um, for for another day before Energy Invitational? No, we do Well, no, I mean, down the road. Like, I don't know if that's a... Conver- definitely not a conversation for today. Um, I'm su- a little... Overall, I'm a little surprised that the changes went in before the invitational as opposed to immediately following i don't know it's not really at this stage i think a matter of data it's just a matter of consistency i like this i don't care that the tournament's going to be longer but it is certainly don't get me wrong like it matters and for me personally like i i have specific health issues where like my attention span is gonna drop like i need to now this if the so for anybody, I mean, without disclosing too much, I happen to be type 2 diabetic. So when my blood sugar gets low, like my brain is not there. And if I need, you know, like this drives sometimes what decks I'll play because mm-hmm. I just, I need to be able to take a break and go get something to eat. Or I got to carry around 50 candy bars or, or orange juice things or something. Um, there, are, I'm sure there are other people out there with other conditions or just in general, you don't want to sit in one place for 65 plus minutes in a 50 minute round because your opponent took 200 years to decide what to do with their single card in hand. Cause we've all played those games. <laughs> I mean, you're going to have time to go do what you want. If you're playing, if you're not the person in the situation, that's my whole point. Yes. I mean, it's certain, but it depends on how many, like, as you alluded to earlier, I'm expecting more than one game to go to time in two weeks. Oh yeah. There always are. Yeah. Um, I, in general, I do like the idea because it does feel a little silly to do one turn. But, I mean, this is obviously 
still a work in progress. So I'm sure this will evolve if it turns out that this doesn't quite work out. So I have a question and a caveat. Uh Uh-oh. What do you got? So the question is, I saw a match in Dallas where the game three hadn't even started. Do both players get all three turns? Like, I don't know where that's at. Well, this it's saying that the so you would determine who goes first. Uh-huh. Uh then <clears throat> play continues as normal until a player wins the game or all characters are tapped at the end of a turn. So basically, you just play a regular round 1 game, I guess. That's not what happened. Okay, what so happened? I'm just point they just did the third tiebreaker thing or whatever because they were going to a game 3. Okay. So I don't know. I mean, that was probably because it's the first time being used, but I yeah, don't they, know what the way you resolve it is. For anybody listening to this after the fact, these rules were implemented, what, like three days before Dallas? Four days? Yeah, I just don't know. What, I, I don't know what the situation... Like in Magic, you would just play till first death or whatever, or five turns each or whatever, so... Yeah. Um, I think that based on this, and I have it up on screen now, this is just a screenshot of what was from there. It sounds like they should have you know, played till the wheel, but... Right. That's what I thought too. Yeah, I mean it what was it was that the caveat or what where was the caveat? No, the, my caveat is I think this is better for limited. Yeah, I mean I could see it. But those matches are going to take a thousand years. Well, yes. So <laughs> I mean if you think if you think the constructed ones are going to go with people going in a tank, forget it in limited. Yeah. That limited is going to be a problem. Like it, we've said this in other tournament prep stuff, and this maybe we'll probably repeat it in the EI prep section later. But actually, you you're not being a dick if you tell your opponent at the outset, "Hey, man, we gotta play quick. You we've got to keep up the pace because otherwise we're going to time, and that's gonna suck." So, it, and it's worth. And again, we've covered it before, but it's worth saying it out the outset because when everybody starts looking at the clock and then you're doing it, it's a feel bad for everybody because it feels like you're trying to take advantage of it, even if you're not. So just everybody be consciously aware. And the lack of the lack of unintentional draws is just a math thing. It really doesn't matter to me mm. one way or the other. Yeah, it just so- changes the comp- it changes the record needed to get to the elimination or get to prizes or whatever, but it doesn't really matter quote-unquote yeah so do you care about the tiebreaker change at all like does that impact you in any meaningful way the life total thing well it's life total and then instead of orange pips it's white pips now no i don't care yeah i mean i get the logic um there were a lot of words written about it i just hope i don't have to worry about it i'm gonna try and win or lose without it um and then is it damage dealt or life remaining that becomes the tiebreaker? So, I uh, cannot end in an unintentional draw. At the end of the additional time, if players have won an equal number of games, each player counts the amount of health remaining on their characters on the battlefield. The higher health remaining wins the match. Health remaining. Okay, so it's so it's damage dealt. So. Yes. Okay, so that's better than, like, I'm going to side in my giant guy because I have a bigger team than you. Yeah, exactly. It comes out of damage dealt. Okay. I mean, that would be the most absurd sideboard strategy, but I guess I'm it could be a thing. Pointing it out. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, I, I would. It's definitely a thing to, to call attention to. Um, yep. Other than that, yeah, I don't. It, it, I get why it's white pips versus orange pips or blue or whatever, but whatever. 
sure. I, I, yeah, I don't care. Um, now the last one is the cards outside the game, which I had called this out on Twitter shortly after I had first seen the rules changes. And this was something that, uh, one of our newer players, well, I mean, we've, you and I have known him for years, but newer to transformers had said, why isn't this done the same way as magic? Well, now it is. And that specifically is that if something says get a card from outside the game, you have to get it from your sideboard. You can't just carry around a stack of 85 copies of Leap of Faith, which we'll get to later. Uh, You have to actually have a legal sideboard and main deck, and the cards have to come from there. What does it say about character cards for Grimlock from We of Two? Does it say only battle cards? Uh, when, a, when a card refers to a character from outside the game, those cards from outside the game must be in the possession of the player at the beginning okay. of the match. So, so they don't not in sideboard. Correct. So it's really battle cards are the change here because obviously Wave 2... Well, I mean, you're probably not seeing too many Wave 2 Grimlocks anyway, but Wave 2 Grimlock... No. It, or cards true. similar in that vein. Yeah, would have been completely decimated by this. Yeah. I mean, this is fine. This is the way it should be. I don't have a problem with it. Um, it didn't... <laughs> I don't see it doing what it was intended to do. Well, I... Um, in, in practical play, but... I think that part of it was to address a later topic, and then part of it was also just consistency. Um, like, the, to me, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but this logically makes sense. Like, this is my deck. These are the cards I can use. Mm-hmm. Not my entire collection yeah. when I show up to these to an event, but I could guess the like I can understand the fuzzy argument against that, where it's like, well, does it really matter? It's my collection. I don't know. Um, I think it's fine. Like I, I don't yeah. really see any issue with this. Yep. So, anything else you want to throw in about the rules, Scott? Before I'm sure we'll come back to it as we talk about other things, but anything specifically about them? No, it should be good. Yeah, I mean, I I think a lot of these, as we're tightening things up, it it keeps things cleaner. Mm-hmm. So we'll move on from there, and we will start talking about the most recent Pro Play Tour event that was actually in Dallas. So shout out to people in chat who had said they were they were locals there or at the event. Um, I want to make sure before we get too far into it, because anybody listening to this probably has. It can assume that we're going to get derailed a little bit. Uh, I want to call out that Kai ended up taking down the whole event with a three-wide major shockwave build, so congratulations to him. Uh, Scott, did you get a chance to look or peruse all of the, the deck lists more than a cursory glance? Uh, I, I, I'd be lying if I said, quote, more than a cursory glance. I put <laughs> them on the website. Gotcha. Um, and, I looked at, and I looked at them, but... Um, uh- I didn't retype them or anything, so I, I wouldn't say I studied them. Well, I have them up now, or at least I'm looking at Kai's list. I mean, let's. I'm going to ignore the the obvious variations, which again we'll get to momentarily, uh, both in the sideboard and the main deck, character selections, battle cards, all over the place. But for the most part, um, it appears that it's kind of what you'd expect from Three Wide Shockwave. We talked about it uh, last time, I believe when we were talking about updates to existing builds moving forward out of whether it was his deck or any of the others, did anything outside of the, uh, the daring escape related things jump out to you is like, Oh, that that's a really surprising thing that, that showed up. 
his six um, combat actions. So I think he had three Weeping of Battles and three Bigger They Are's, right? Yes. Now, the Bigger They Are's, I can certainly understand, but you're right. The Leaping of Battles were a little bit of a surprise. I mean, they obviously make sense. Get more value out of your little guys or make Shockwave into a, even more of a monster than he already is. Um, I'm very curious how those played out over the day. I mean, when I saw they obviously did what they needed to do. I mean, I think it probably gets you an extra like saves you an attack at times which is exactly what you want to be doing right if you're expecting a heavier orange meta then leap is fine and then if you're expecting a heavier blue meta then bigger they are and gives value to those little guys and depending on what he was expecting can some give value to shockwave as well yep i mean it, so, that is a thing that could happen now which is a little ridiculous yeah. but it is true um <clears throat> beyond that i mean the I'm trying to count them real quick, but it would appear that the uh, secret action count as a whole was lower than I might have expected going in, but yep. clearly it ended up working out for him, the, the particular configuration they had. So again, shout out to Kai and congratulations. Um, were there any other decks that stood out to you immediately or anything else that you wanted to call out before we get into the 800-pound the gorilla? Um, the Springer deck was interesting. Um, the Springer Aggro deck. Mm-hmm. Um, Your girl Nova Storm showed up in one of the lists. Yeah. <laughs> in, in the Octane deck. Yeah, exactly. How many black upgrades did he have? Oh, boy. Now I'm going to count this real quick. We got Smoke Cloak at three. Terrifying Resilience makes six. All right, we're done. That, that's enough bad ones for me. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, terrifying resilience so, is okay. Okay. Um. So yeah, our artist under blade, I assume, is there, right? Um. You would assume incorrectly. <laughs> okay, so it's uh, just the armor. Well, there, there's a few. There's other black pips. No, but Albert but for her ability, yeah, I'm because yeah. she her other thing is the the fling. Um. I think. Well, you, have to have a, you still have to have an upgrade on her, though. Oh, shit. Okay, I don't have that card in front of me, so that... Okay. Yeah, that, uh... Good lord. Sorry. Sounds like something died. <laughs> no, I'm going across the road. <laughs> All right. Well, it, it's going not going to be you that... <laughs> no. We don't want you to turn into pavement pizza. Um, yeah, there's like, a, there's like a deer right in front of me. <laughs> um... So moving on from there, there was that Springer deck you were talking about. There was a Tanks build, which makes me happy in my my heart of hearts. Um, again, it was something significantly different than what I probably would have... Well, I know what I've been doing. <laughs> uh, yes. Character lineup, definitely the same. The battle deck is significantly different, but again, it, it seemed to work out. I have to assume, and I, I would love if somebody could tell me if the Ironhide Steadfast Brawler was a meme in the sideboard. I can only assume that that's the case. <laughs> no, I saw him side. I saw him side it in in his top eight match. Oh, really? And what was, I didn't catch the top eight. So what? Was, what did he board it in against? What did he play? Um, not da- not blaster. Not daring. I guess it was shockwave. I think it was shockwave. There there were two shockwave decks. So I, th- I think it was shockwave. Interesting. So does he have? It didn't do anything. Don't don't even. Bother. Well, I was going to say, are there static lasers in like no, that? That no, was no, no. Okay. 
it could still be a meme and he was just doing it for the lols in in game three or something so but anyway um like i said there were two shockwave decks there was the blaster that you mentioned um the two tall jet fire uh the octone list springer tanks and i think that's eight i'm clicking through rapidly so i might skip some um it's it definitely had a variety of different things. It had a mix of old stuff. It had a mix of new stuff. Uh, and then it had a mix of kind of public enemy number one at the moment. <laughs> um, I don't know how many, I believe Kent was the only person running daring escape at the event. Uh, know, yeah. But he's certainly the only one who top aided. He's running, a different version than what was publicly posted up to this point, but I think everybody was aware that even if they didn't have his list, that a lot of these builds were possible and were, you know, they were out there in the sense that somebody had them. It was just a matter of figuring them out. But they all come back to the same thing of if you look at the other deck list, the non-daring escape deck list, many of them boarded answers but a significant portion of them main decked answers whether that's main deck turbo boards or main deck calibers or main deck in kai's winning list jam signals and espionages in addition to calibers in addition like there there's a lot of layers of we'll call it respect for the deck uh sure <laughs> so received respect i guess well i mean it was to the to everyone's credit, it, it was definitely a topic of discussion leading into the event and has been for a little bit of time now. I mean, we had our show on it. Um, Mark wrote his article on it. There have been a number of Facebook posts on it. Watsy had it had an official article on it, um, all covering it from different angles and different capacities. I uh, I can't really blame anybody for for taking the path that they did where they're main decking one of these characters. No, it's fine. Well, is it though? <laughs> is it though? I mean, I don't, I don't, how do I, say? I didn't see the calibers having that much of a detrimental effect when it, even when the shockwaves had like weapons attached to them already. Mm -hmm. So I didn't see like you were, you're basically just going down one attack and I don't think I ever saw a card draw, drew off him. But I'm sure in the Shockwave on Mirror, they're in the top four. I'm sure there were cards being drawn through the Caliber's weapons. Yeah. Um, and then you dealt splash damage to things like, you know, like the Springer Aggro, you would deal splash damage wherever he used his ability. Um, if there were card decks, you would have dealt splash damage to them. If there were Demolisher flipping with the two other tanks, you would have dealt splash damage to them. Like, you know, there, there's it doesn't hurt you, in my opinion, that much if the six five fourteen route is the way you want to go, right? Yeah, so, and I can agree with that. It, it's a a safe answer, we'll call it, where you, you're not giving up that much in order to try and play this particular character. You can present a threat to the greater meta, like you're describing, but also try and hose a particular deck. Now, the efficacy of that particular strategy against that deck is up for debate, but I get the, the logic behind it. Right. Um, in general, because this is 
the thing. You were saying you think it's fine that that this is existing. Is is it fine? Then what's existing? Well, that if so, daring escape obviously heavily influenced this event. If we go in mm. and two, you don't think so? No. I, mean, I only saw two tur- turbovores in the top eight, so that's. I don't think that's true. Well, we don't have the remainder of the list at this stage. I'm pretty confident that there weren't a lot of other ones floating around. I mean, I don't think, while I agree with you about the Caliburst, for example, you don't think main deck jam signals was in for who you, you can't draw a direct line from that to oh, daring sure. escape <laughs> sure that's fine that's fair um it's not like you ran it's not like you ran two more in his board and a bunch of other secret actions that interact with that as well so i again like i think the influence well he did though that's the thing <laughs> so he well yeah he's running one so we, there was a main deck espionage this is kai's list we're talking about yep. uh it would be he had main deck espionage and two jam signals then in the board he had another espionage and another jam signals and a hijack okay so like i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that he he wanted to make sure he had answers for that particular matchup um now the other excuse me the other shockwave list was running hijacks in the board uh and i apologize that i'm dragging this out a bit i'm trying to read people's handwriting at the same time (laughs) which is sometimes more of a challenge than you might think yeah, that was my um, issue with why I didn't, quote, study the list. Yeah. Uh, I don't see anything that's jumping out to me as a direct DE answer in the main deck. Obviously, the blaster deck, which happened to take it down, was running turbo board um, as part of his initial composition. And, we, I mean, we could go through all the lists. But in general, this particular level of answers is fine in general, you're thinking? Like you don't no. feel that? Okay. Well, that that was the question I originally asked you. I mean, he only lost to the deck that ran the Turbo Ward main deck, so clearly no. Well, that that's something though. Also, in addition to not having the other lists, I'm not sure. At this time, I don't have any idea what he played in the first five rounds, like the Swiss rounds. I mean, so, he went undefeated. Well, yes, so. but the point is, is did he go undefeated through Turbo Board slash other answers? Or were people wild, like, I, I don't want to say wildly unprepared, but they just didn't have an answer. So he goes, all right, I do my thing and I win. I know one of the games or one of the matches he was on stream and that appeared to be the case. Yes, right. That's why I just assume it's the same way. And it's possible. I mean, to, again, not to, to beat a dead horse, we already talked about this a lot and to kind of segue into more directly energon invitational discussion how do you feel this influences things going forward like does as far as like do we expect that now everybody's running turbo board main deck or do you think that's a reasonable expectation main deck no i don't think that's a reasonable expectation i'm guessing by that you mean it's reasonable to expect it there's probably going to be a lot of turbo boards and sideboards (laughs) i would imagine so i mean at at this point Anybody who cares can easily go back and watch the VOD. The deck lists are up. If you're not prepared for it, it's got to be a conscious decision that I'm not going to include this because I want to value this other matchup higher is, I think, the reasonable conclusion to draw at that point. 
Yeah, that that makes sense. Like you have to, right? You have to either think that your main deck is weak against something else, and you're okay with that, or you're weak against this, and you want you're okay with that. Exactly. Like, whichever way you want to, whichever way you want to play it. It's. I mean, at the end of the day, that's not an uncommon decision in in games or metas in general, where it's you can't beat everything all the time. So you gotta you gotta choose your battles and either hope you dodge it or that you can outplay somebody. Um, <clears throat> no, but given given an unknown metagame, because this mm-hmm. was only at the end of the day, what a 24, 23 person tournament, something like that. Yeah, we know what one of the decks that you want to prepare for is, and we know well we know a few of the decks you want to prepare for. Like two of them are just updated versions of of old decks with blaster and shockwave and one of them's a new deck new combo based deck with um daring escape and and there really isn't like everything else is pretty much i mean you know tanks deck is out there there's been like a million deck decks on it from various content creators (laughs) a lot of people Um, like tanks i'm not gonna lie (laughs) um and i'm trying to think what else was like the sprinter deck was new so you can test against that but i mean like in general like you should like if you were preparing, you would have known to test against two of the three decks already as it is, and now you're just adding a new variable to it. So, like that's why I'm saying it will have undue influence because you should have already been prepared for their decks that existed because they've existed since for the last like what I don't know three months or something like that. So yeah, like, I just you, I don't think you could walk into a tournament being like, oh, I auto lose the blaster. Like I mean, that probably is not a good idea. Like or oh, I auto lose to shockwave like that's probably not a good like maybe there's nothing that doesn't lose to one of the two generally but like you can't you can't not have tested those matchups even if there were older versions of the decks absolutely or or your own versions of the decks like whatever or you're choosing to play one of those decks like i just don't think you could have like you you could prepare for those ahead of time i don't think you could prepare for this until now it's out there so that's why i believe it will have an undue influence on the metagame for energy imitation. That makes sense. Uh, while you were talking, I realized why there was an echo, so I apologize, everybody. I'll see if I can edit that out afterwards. Um, so the yeah, I don't hear myself anymore. Yeah, um, I actually had to get my headset connected. That kind of helps, right? <laughs> <laughs> Normally, I have it on ahead of time, um, and then I just didn't today. So. The other detail that came in from chat, beautiful Kai. I'm going to go out on limb and say that that might be Kai, our, our winner. So if it is, congratulations no. again. What was that? Oh, that's his name. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's saying that at least 18 of the 23 people there had a character dedicated to, to D, whether main deck or sideboard, which is... A, a character, in their opinion, dedicated to it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that, of course, is going to be the question as to what characters are they running, what was it run out of, but it does speak to the idea that people were trying to respect the deck. Trying, um, right. Yeah. So, I don't know how much else there is to say. There is a lot of information to be gleaned from this outside of the Daring, outside of the, uh, daring Escape deck. I think that, you know, like you said, a lot of the the decks that we saw and expected to perform well continue to do the things that they were doing well before and moving into the new meta. We do have some new players that I think still need to be put through their paces. And now that 
they're officially out there, whether it's Daring Escape or otherwise, people will be able to pin down exactly where their weaknesses happen to lie. Um, so if we move into talking about actually preparing for the Invitational, Scott, assuming there's nothing else you wanted to add about the event itself. No, that's fine. Um, so we've done a number of segments on other shows before about preparing for tournaments in general, but is there anything specifically you wanted to call out that is different about this one? Uh, yeah, multiple things. Um, so first of all, I assume most people are getting in on Thursday night, Friday morning, and if you're already qualified, there's, quote, no pressure for you to play on Friday in the LCQs. Mm. I assume the invites pass down in the LCQs. I don't know if that's been said officially, but I assume they do. Yeah, I haven't seen anything about it, but we did have that discussion about some of the odd verbiage for it. I think some of them are like true, only the winner gets it, but there was at least one, if I recall correctly, where they passed down. Well, they they had to be whoever, because I think most of them are single elimination now that I'm saying it again. Uh, yeah, I think they're like eight man pods or something. I, I don't mm. even know, or I don't. I might be getting it confused with the um, the PPG uh, LCQs in Orlando, but um, I know those are eight man pods. I don't know how. I don't remember how they're exactly working, but I, I assume the invitations passed down. So let, let's go with that assumption that the invitations passed down. Yeah. Um, then there's really no reason not to play in them if you just want additional practice, um, unless you feel like. I guess you. I guess you could say like live fire practice, um, mm-hmm. unless you just feel like you want to spend Friday hanging out at the convention, hanging out with people, testing on your own, like whatever. Um, I guess I would just make the argument if that was the case, like why are you spending an extra night in a hotel? But like that's neither here nor there, right? Um, so, like if you're there, like it's basically uh, like I kind of like a win a box, like you by playing in them. Right. So, like, the prizes are still good. Um, so, I would just, you know, I would play. Um, I'm not saying you have to play, like, deck 1A, you're planning on playing on Saturday, but I would play other things just to get an idea of, like, how certain things interact and stuff like that. I mean, I, don't, I, I guess, I just can't imagine anybody has the opportunity to just play on command as often as this. Um, and again, if you're coming with other people and you want to get some test games in with your like your friends and stuff and teammates and stuff, like obviously you can probably grind out more games than playing tournament games. But I think it's a good idea to get yourself used to these tournament rules we mentioned, or um, or just you know just have this live fire practice against against people that need to win. Let's just put it that way. Like like everybody right. on Saturday, every round will need to win, and on Friday, like you can play at a pace that's like not taking back mistakes or, you know, keeping track of things, just putting you in the right mindset. So, I mean, like you don't, if you feel like you're over pressuring yourself by playing in them, like just play and drop out or something like that. But like, I would try to get in one or two throughout the day just to put yourself in that frame of mind. Right. Um, and then don't stay out too late on Friday (laughs) and then, uh sure dad <laughs> yeah and then uh then uh just be ready for saturday and saturday is going to be immensely different than gen con and origins immensely 
Well, how so? Because uh, that's the obvious question. <laughs> well, the only equivalent to them would be whatever the largest qualifier was at Origins and Gen Con. Like, imagine those, and that's it. Like, only the top eight of that qualifier made it to Sunday or Saturday at a Gen Con. And so only eight people are going to get to the elimination rounds. Now, the prizes are a lot deeper. I mean, they're not a lot. They're down to top 32. It's like the same depth, but like right. there's not a cut to get there. So you're not even like you're not like you need to play till the end until like, I don't know, you're mathematically eliminated from prizes, I would assume, or you just want to keep playing or whatever. Um, but it's not there's no room for error, whereas like you could just drop out and play another one like hours later at Gen Con Origins. Like this is completely different. Like there are no second guessing deck choices. There are no, there's none of that. Like that's the number one thing. Like you, you, you have no, you can't get a grasp of the actual tournament metagame and then adjust on the fly to play in another tournament that may be influenced by the same metagame, et cetera. Like there's none of that. Like there's no adapting on the fly other than the, whatever 50 cards you brought 50 cards in your characters that you brought with you or right. up to 54 as some people like to run uh so um that's that's it, it's just gonna be a lot different and if you're not I, I guess for the players that i don't know that anybody quote got used to the formats at gen con and origins but um if that was your first major foray into this and you were like okay I get my feet wet in the first one because 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 I know it, I wasn't there for the first one origins, but it didn't work out this way because it was on a Thursday. But like it it just happened to be this is not like because it, I was there or something like that. But like the first one on Friday at Origins was the largest one they had. The first one at Gen Con were the largest ones they had, and so like imagine that's your only chance of getting it right, one and done. Um, again, like the prize is passed down, but like that's it um, to actually make it to fortune and glory. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, every, I think everybody coming in is going to be shooting for something better than just just air quotes a top thirty two finish. Everybody's got their eyes on the 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 higher end stuff, um, but like you said, that it's not necessarily going to be a tiny field where it's, you know, you could squeak in with a little better than 50%. No, and you can't, and there's just, there's just no room. Um, which means there's no room. There's no room for a deck choice that you're not familiar with. Um, there's no room for a deck that has significant weaknesses against things you might expect to see in large numbers. Um, again, that all this is in air quotes, uh, because we don't know what these things are going to be. Um, so, I mean, and then the other, I guess the other wrinkle is the limited. Well, yeah, I know, I don't know if I said this on a recording before, but I definitely said it to some other people in discord where I'm, for me personally, I'm very much of the opinion. I got to worry about the constructive rounds. And then I'll worry about limited, which isn't necessarily the best way to go about it, but it is mentally I need to focus on the one thing at a time, get through this round, get through next round, get through next round, et cetera. And then, okay, I'll shift gears to 
this other set, which to your point earlier about playing in the LCQs, I don't know if all of them are constructed. They are, I believe. Okay, because I was going to say if any of them are limited, that is also another great way to try and get some firsthand experience, even if you're already qualified, because then it's all right, well, I just get more sealed experience. I believe they're all constructed, though. Well, there goes that idea. So nobody listen to that. <laughs> you could play two pack or something, I guess. I don't know. Right, right, sure. Or you could just buy a bunch of packs and make sealed decks. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, that might be a good use for your time on Friday. Exactly. Um, but I mean, to me, that it's not a crapshoot. Like, there's still a lot of skills. Oh, no. First, we go with the Echo stuff because I screwed up, and now we're losing Scott. Scott? Uh, just, I'm here. Okay, we started to lose you there for that section. So you you started out with, it's not just a crapshoot, and then it kind of went to hell from there. It's not just a crapshoot because you have, you have some control over how you build it, but like at the same time, like you can't decide what you're going to do. Right. So there's no fret and worrying about it. You can only control what you can control, and that's only to construct the deck that you're bringing with you. Right. So... I don't even see the point in fretting over like the rounds are going to be what they are. Like I've opened a lot of sealed decks and a very small number of them are quote unplayable. Um, and there is a lot of build strategies that go into them. Uh, so you just have to, I don't know. I hope you open well. I don't, there's nothing else to, but it doesn't mean if you don't open insanely, because you have to understand that like, you're still going to play people within your bracket. So like if you're, what 2-0 or 3-0 whenever it starts like you're still going to continue to play 3-0s who might be all the way across the, the room from you when right. you're sitting down to create the seal deck so it's like you might see a bunch of bombs open around you and it doesn't really matter because people might be 0-2 and, and you're 2-0 and, and you won't even have a possible chance of facing them until right you know you go 0-2 and they go 2-0 so um i don't it just doesn't matter because that that factor of like not only not only what am I going to open, how am I going to build, but then like there's also that same factor put on my opponents. So like it's all it all just relates to complete randomness as long as you're doing it correctly. But Scott, you said there there's there's no crapshoot. You said it was all <laughs> No, I said it was a crapshoot. I said <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I got you. Um So assuming you build it correctly, mm. like you're like you're in no better or worse shape than anybody else is my whole point. Like you, you might think your deck is crap, but so would could your opponent's decks. Like you don't like it doesn't matter, right? So like obviously you want to have a good pool that you build correctly and play correctly. Like sure, but like <laughs> you, the 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 last two are more important to me play correctly and build correctly and you can outplay people i'm back but it's not gonna matter yeah <laughs> well this stage you're uh we're pretty much officially done for topics um was there anything else relating to the updates the event in dallas or prepara preparation for the energon invitational that you wanted to cover i mean there's plenty more energon invitational stuff we talk about okay well have at it unless you wanted to close it up <laughs> No, I mean, I just think my signal is going to give out again, so just be prepared for that. But um, so, 
I, I think the big thing is just going to be a very, very, very long day. And as stated earlier, like these rules are not going to help that situation. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know how many people are familiar with like this marathon of a day. Like, if you ever played in like a Magic Pro Tour qualifier in the '90s, and well, not '90s, but in the 2000s, mm-hmm. and or a Pro Tour itself, um, or like like a like things we played in like World of Warcraft Nationals Worlds, like other games Nationals Worlds. Like, I assume like like a UGO, UGO Shojin Jump or whatever they're called, like things like that that are like, like it's more intense than like a six round Grand Prix day one and ev- and everyone that's like whatever makes day two. It's going to be more intense than that. Yeah. I mean, just from the, the sheer hours, I mean, it's, you don't think that just sitting there playing a card game can be exhausting. But if you think about the fact that, you know, you get up at, 6 or 7 a.m., you maybe go get food, maybe you skip breakfast because you were rushing or whoever you're staying with was derping around, didn't get their act together, so you didn't get out of the Airbnb or whatever, to the venue, you get to the venue, you do your deck registration, oh, let me grab something quick to eat, oh, it's all the way on the other side of the convention center, I'll never make it there and back again, sort of thing. All of a sudden, round one starts, and seven hours later, eight hours later, nine hours later, However, many hours later, it's, I haven't eaten, I didn't necessarily didn't sleep properly last night, and I've been mentally focused so much that you you may or not, may or may not necessarily recognize yourself slipping. Well, I think decks have to be registered ahead of time on the app or something like that, right? They have to be turned in electronically. Possibly, yeah. And then, I would not recommend skipping breakfast. I would not recommend... Oh, not- yeah. I'm not saying do those things. I'm <laughs> saying they can happen. <laughs> well, like the other thing is like make sure you get like if you want a badge through Gen Con or Origins, like make sure you get that like not on Saturday. Get that well ahead of time. Um, yeah, you, or you're probably not making the event if you try right. to do that on Saturday. Um, the lines are oh, this is another thing to keep in mind. There's a metal detector at this event. Yeah. So going in and out of the convention center sucks. Like completely sucks. Yeah. Um, if you're taking the train, that metal detector line I actually find is faster. Um, but like, if you just want to go to Wawa, that that's our convenience store, by the way. Our, <laughs> Shout, out <laughs> Shout out to Wawa. Shout out to Wawa. Like, I would highly recommend going to Wawa. That's across the street. I think it's what's across race, or it's across whatever. Um, there, Sounds there's right. a big one. Mm. Um, go there ahead of time stock up on sodas, stock up on snacks and stuff, and they come in once. Like, Reading Terminal across the street is insane, is awesome for food, but I highly, highly doubt this event is going to have any kind of lunch or dinner break, because it's no. not a game. By other no companies. shot. So, <laughs> no <right>. shot. <laughs> so, you're not going to have an opportunity to go there except for breakfast slash early lunch, because I think we started, a, what time do we start? Nine, ten, I don't even know, eleven, like whatever. Yeah. Um, probably like player meeting at nine or ten and then start an hour from there. Right. So you're only gonna have an opportunity to go there for breakfast and then like and and grab snacks there the same way you would grab them from like the Wawa and bring them with you. Because even let's just say you finished your round in like five minutes, like I guess then you could go out to the wedding terminal and get something to eat. Again, 
rewind back to the part about the tournament rules that make these rounds take forever. Um, like then you might have a chance. I wouldn't count on that. Like it's just the lines that I saw for the not train lines to get back in the building. I mean, I didn't stand in them, so I can't from last year. I didn't stand in them, so I can't say how long it took. But it certainly looked like it was stretched way farther than like a block in some cases. So, I mean, what I can tell what what I can tell you is last year we did best of one rounds half hour, and if there was like if you had a buy or something, the half hour around like three four o'clock was enough time to go get something to eat and come back with the food itself. That's all I can tell you. Mm. But I wouldn't necessarily bank on that because Pax Unplugged is getting bigger and bigger every year. And like we said, the metal detector issue is just going to be there. Yeah, the growth from so, year one to year two was was huge. And I don't anticipate that it's going to get smaller this year. So, yeah, the, the, so the card hall last year was the size of the entire convention the year before. Yeah, that's where, okay, so we lost you for a little while, Scott, but I agree with you. It basically amounts to there's, there is food up on the second floor, but the year one for PAX had basically everything except for, I think, D&D games that were in assorted side rooms in the, we'll call it the main hall. Now it's taking up every main concourse for different games like the the card game area is an entire concourse room to itself then there's an independent dealer hall then there's an independent so it's it went from a one room convention to Gen Con in like the span of a year not 70,000 plus unique people but a huge growth and then again this is the anticipation is that it's going to grow further point being to rather than digress too much, it's just that if you feel you're going to need stuff, like in my case, I need to carry around a bunch of food or make sure that I'm on regimented schedules, you're going to need to plan ahead. You really got to make sure that you have everything in order or you're going to run the risk of just having to do without, which, you know, it is what it is. I mean, who isn't going to need stuff? Well, there's always stuff. I mean, I mean, like, who? I mean, that's my whole point, though. Like, we're talking about nine rounds. See earlier rules. Plus, mm-hmm. pl- like, so, so even without the earlier rules, every round went longer anyway. Yep. And now we're adding in these wrinkles. Like, I, I fail to see how it's not going to be like, I don't know, what a thirteen, fourteen hour day. Yeah. Like. I mean, as the day goes on, and this is something to your earlier point about people playing for top 32, is that normally if if this were a single limb tournament, obviously it would it would change things because you're eliminating people. There's just in general less chance and less people that are going to be going to time because there sure. are less people. So all of those should hypothetically get resolved more quickly unless, of course, the slowest person in the room is always paired against the next slowest person in the room and they always take forever. Like, right. Um, but because of the Swiss structure, because of the way this works. And then remember, we're going to have to stop to get seal pools. They're going to have to seat everybody. They're going to have to 
open the packs. You're going to have to register. We're probably going to swap decks. We're probably, then you got to build. No, we are. We are. We are. Yeah. So like all of these things are just piling on top of each other where it's very much going to be, you need to do everything you need to do and you got to do it quickly and on time. So, um, I agree with you. It It's going to be a long day. I, I mean, I can't overstate this because I just, I have done this before many times. But I just, I would have to venture that, what, 60 to 70% of the room hasn't? Like, let's be honest. Not in this scale, certainly. Right. Uh, well, I mean, in this scale, if you want to compare it to, like, whatever, then it's probably closer to, like, 80 or 90%. But that's, you know, depending on how many people show up. Right, right. Um, so, yeah. Um, I guess the only other thing I would mention is... I don't know how many, like, like if you need cards, I don't know how many, like, singles dealers there's going to be there. So, like, I That's wouldn't a, show up, like, needing yeah. cards. I mean, last year, I think Pastimes had singles, but it was also, we were talking only Wave 1 at the time. And I don't know whether that's still a thing for them, like, wh- how they're structuring their booth. I mean, they had stuff at Gen Con, mm. but it wasn't, like... Well, they didn't have Every singles at Gen Con, did they? They did. They oh, did. they did. Okay, then I just straight just, up missed it. It wasn't. It wasn't that many though. So mm. like, that's my point. Right. Like, if you need a random common, you better hope that people bring extras. So, um, <laughs> or that people are playing a lot of two pack or something. <laughs> right. Right. Um, like uncommons, like whatever. Like you know, like I just don't. I don't know how much of that. How many? I don't know like what it costs to be a dealer there or anything like that. So I don't. I don't know of any big dealers that were planning to be there that sell transformer singles. So right. I would just be aware, aware of that. Um, that's usually something that in other games you might be able to do more liberally. And I, I wouldn't bank on that here. Um, which is actually something we never brought up at the other conventions, but it's just something I thought about. Yeah. I mean, by the same token, there's probably going to be a lot of people. I would think many people are traveling, if not with an official team, like you're going with your buddies to go play cards or, or, you know, just, just have fun for a weekend. So hopefully somebody will have your back, but it is definitely a concern. Make sure you're, you're packing properly, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't, other than the, those points, I don't know if there's anything off the top of my head to call out specifically. Um, I mean, I would bring extra sleeves because you're playing, I would hmm, bring an extra. That I'm sure you can get on site if, if push came to shove, <laughs> but I would also bring an extra set of sleeves for limited as well. Oh, for the, yeah, yeah, definitely. So be prepared to have a set of sleeves. For I tried day. doing it without sleeves the other day at one of our local events, and yeah, it was nightmarish. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would have a sleeve specifically for your limited deck that are different than your constructed deck also. That's a good point. Um, Although I guess by that point in the day, you should be able to just pack away your constructed. Yeah, but I would just not... Yeah, it's one of those silly things that like, oh, I'll never mix those two together, and then you drop them or something, and you go, well, oops. Right. I mean, you just don't want to put yourself in a situation where, and I would not try, like, don't put yourself in a situation where anything is causing you to spend unnecessary time. Mm-hmm. That's that's the big thing for me. Like, honestly, like, if possible, like, let's just say you're showing up with a backpack, right? Like, don't put other decks in your backpack. Like, yeah, there's I, no need sure... to care. You're not going to have time to play other games. <laughs> like... Right. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I think we have to register 
at least the night before, if not, I assume it's the night before. So, or the day of, like, so electronically, I think we have to register electronically the night before or, or before, I don't know what, let's just say a couple hours before the event starts, like whatever, you have to submit your deck online. So like, I just don't see any reason to bring any other decks or anything like that with you. Yeah. Um, like I would even bring like a deck holder that only held your deck sideboard and like characters you can get from outside the game if that's a situation right um because you just don't want to be fumbling around with a bunch of stuff um I, again i think at gen con it was a lot smoother in terms of like it wasn't just put up the pairings and the round starts 30 seconds later like it was it was a, there was a little bit of leeway but i but i just anticipate this being such a long day that that's going to start that time in between stuff is going to start to reduce as time goes on I mean, something as silly as, oh, I got to go grab a pack of sleeves or I need to go do this or that means one less bathroom break or that time that you could have tried to make a mad dash to one of the food vendors or something. Like, it sounds dumb. Like, I could imagine somebody out there listening to this or watching the, the YouTube video and going, well, that's ridiculous. How could that ever possibly happen? I'll be fine. And then one of the times when you're, you're sitting there starving in round eight, you're going to wonder why. Did I lose you, Scott? I offended yeah. him that much. <laughs> no, I don't, I'm just sitting here. I mean, I'm not even driving. I don't know what happened. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think those are all important things to keep in mind. It's one of those that it's not necessary. I mean, obviously, testing, choosing your deck, preparing properly are all clearly important. But there are other parts that go into preparing for the event that aren't necessarily just the actual gameplay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in terms of that, because it is such a marathon, it's a marathon. Um, again, play something you're familiar with. Um, understand your pace of play. Uh, don't, don't be expected to be able to take back mistakes at all. Um, I mean, whatever the highest level you've played anything at, assume it's going to be even higher than that is the only thing I can say. I mean, it can't obviously be higher if you've played in Pro Tours and things like that, but like, I would just assume it's at that level or above if you've never played in things like that. Right. Um, I mean, it's fine to be nervous, but like, don't let it kill you, I guess, or don't want to get to you. I, I don't know. It's I mean, that's one of those things that, like, it. it's tough to... <laughs> there's a reason you hear about stories for, like, pro sports where people choke when they get to a big game or something. Like, you don't necessarily realize until you're there, or you don't know how you're going to personally react or address it unless you've been in the situation before. So it is definitely something to consider where, yes, you have to be conscious of the time. You need to make sure that you're playing at an appropriate speed, but in between games or in between matches or whatever you might feel yourself going on tilt and tilt isn't necessarily you're raging and flipping the table. It just means that you're not in the appropriate frame of mind. So you could easily put yourself on tilt because, oh, that was a bad matchup game one. This is what I've been building to all year and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, you just need to, there's still, it's a long day. Any given game or match is not necessarily going to be the end of the road. Yeah. I mean, you could have been building this all day, but realistically, you had just as much time with this meta game as anybody else did. So oh no, I meant else. like from a like a no, mental. I yeah, I agree yeah, with you I, about the. 
Uh, chat's pointing out something good that we didn't um, <clears throat> we didn't touch on, but when in doubt, call a judge. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and that's, that's where the pace of play and all that other stuff yeah. comes into play. And it's like we did mention this earlier. You're not being a dick by doing something like that. It's just look, everybody's trying to keep everything above board. Everybody wants to keep everything on the up and up. That's literally what the judge's job is to do. So it's fine. Don't don't feel guilty about it. No, and you'll get a time extension. So don't worry about how long you're sitting there basically maintaining board state while a judge is coming over or something like that. I anticipate a lot of that, especially in the limited rounds. Absolutely. There's going to be some really bizarre interactions that people are going to go, well, wait, what? Um, and the, it'll have to get clarified. So, Yeah, any... Any issue, call a judge. I mean, I've seen, I've called judges many times. So, um, for very, very various reasons. Um, what else can I say about it? Uh, I mean, the marathon nature is really the big issue. Like, that's why I would just play something that you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Because it's just going to be, like, you're going to have an advantage just knowing some of the interactions because... It is going to be an unknown metagame, and, and you're probably going to sit across from character lineups. I mean, you're definitely going to sit across from character lineups you've never seen before. That's a given. I mean, yeah, no, no doubt about that. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, you're definitely going to see battle cards you haven't seen before in certain combinations. Um, turns are definitely going to play out differently than ways that you've seen them before. Um, you know, I would just... There's a difference between playing slow and playing methodically. Like, don't yeah. miss a, don't miss a phase... But like, don't expect somebody to allow you to do th like. There, there are little things, but I, but like, don't expect somebody to just allow you to do something. Like, I guess the big one I can think of is like, um, like something like, I don't know, you didn't throw a javelin or you didn't play the Springer extra action phases in the right order. Like, like if you played them in the wrong order, like you missed one of them. That's it. You're done. Yeah. So if you're playing cards like that, you have to make sure you're using them correctly. And not the way you've been shortcutting them or colloquially using them. Just make sure what you're what you've been doing is correct. Um, like you know, you're not like don't don't be like oh I forgot to flip or something like that. Like these are things I I do myself like yeah. in testing. So I'm just trying to point out right. what I do poorly in testing. Um, <laughs> well, I think we all do do some combination, if not all of these, at some at some point. Yeah, and and but I mean the other thing is like you can't sweat the little stuff like. Bellini, I've flown to world, world Championships and not made Day 2, like, many times when it was that type of format in other games. And, like, did terribly for, like, no reason. Like, I had a teammate who made top 8 of a major event. I was playing the exact same deck, and I went 0-3. Like, sometimes it's just not your day. Like, don't beat yourself up over it. Like, this is not, like... This is only year one of the game. Like, right. this is not... For a lot of people, this is, the again, the biggest event they've played in in any game period and so like there's no shame in like not being prepared because you weren't expecting xyz deck to show up because you know we and we've talked about these topics like at nauseum like we go over them again if we wanted to but like mm -hmm. didn't have people the right people to test with didn't have a broad enough scope of the meta like took in too much information from like sources you shouldn't have taken information from like whatever it is um it's just not your day like whatever it is like don't beat yourself up over any one individual game or honestly like any just bad 
call of the event in general. Like, it, this is not easy. Like, if this was easy, like, like the cream rises to the top in a lot of things. And I think you've seen that across the board in all organized play events that have occurred throughout the year. Like, you're seeing a lot of the same names over and over and over again. It's because, you know, some people are used to this type of pressure. Some people can adapt on the fly. Some people just live and breathe the game more than others. Like, again, this is only year one of the game. I think there's a lot to be learned just by being there, by interacting, by, like, whatever. I, I just think it, I just think this is a great opportunity if you've never played in a trading card game at this level to, if this is your first at this level, like, I assume most people going played at either Gen Con or Origins, but if you didn't, this is going to be much different for you if you didn't play in those two um, major events, but even if you did, this is still going to be on another level. So if you've never played in an event of this caliber, I guess at this point, in other card games, um, just be prepared for a different experience is all I can say. Like, I can't... It's just different. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a fun experience, though, it, but it is... I mean, the best way to put it is that it is different, so maybe, the, as you said, it's going to be something that people are going to take to, and it's they're going to get hooked. This is now their addiction going to these sort of events, this caliber of events. They want to bring that back to their locals and try and get people up, or maybe it's not for them, and that's perfectly fine. I do want to echo what you had said about if you are in vet, because I can feel that myself. Like if you're feeling invested in this, like emotionally, like this is the thing, the year was building up to worlds the Energon Invitational, whatever you want to call it, it's, you clearly want to do well, but it's, like I was saying earlier, you can't put yourself on tilt because of a round one loss or because, like you said, oh man, I see that deck two two seats down from me and I have no idea what that is and it's winning. Like, you, you have to trust the work you put in and just keep going through with the day. And if you didn't put enough work in, like, just play something you're familiar with or whatever and be okay with it. Mm -hmm. You can't help, like, once you're sitting there, I mean, if you're listening to this live, you have a little bit more time, wow. but it, not really much. But yeah. if you're listening to this, like, on Monday when it's released, like, I don't know, you're, unless you're local like us, like, you're flying in on Thursday and you have, fr like, I, even all day Friday isn't enough time to discover something. I've done this before in the past, don't get me wrong. But it's because I had teammates that were able to show me something that I missed that literally lived in different states. So, like, that's the only time that I was actually... And I had to scramble around the convention center finding commons, like I told you before. Like, <laughs> I have stories about this before. But, like, you know, I have other stories where it's like I couldn't fall asleep and I'm walking around streets of Paris at 3 o'clock in the morning. Like, so, like, you're going to be nervous. Like, I'm not saying, like, take an Ambien or something like that. But, like, you know, if... <laughs> if, 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 like, I, like... Again, I'm not going to be staying in a hotel for this, but if you do, like, I use the White Noise app, for example, to help me fall asleep. Like, whatever it takes, like, I, I can't, you can't change your lodging plans now, but, like, I wouldn't recommend, like, a billion people staying in a room because it's just going to be, you know. A billion a people experience. staying in a room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, a terrible experience. If you've ever done that before, it does usually doesn't work out for anybody. <laughs> I mean, depending on where you're staying, like you can go get food while other people are showering, et cetera. Like, and that's fine. Yeah. And, and that's like, that could be the experience you're, I mean, like, I, I know that like, it's not cheap to fly to Philly. It's not cheap to stay there. Um, and all of that. But, um, I guess the only thing we didn't talk about was really like, we didn't pump up our own city. 
I, I don't know. Do you want to talk about that for a little bit? I mean, I, I, it's not really ours. I've only, I mean, I've lived here now for almost seven years and it still feels like, I don't know where anything or anything about it. Cause I, I grew up in New Jersey. So you it was, grew up, always, you grew up like a freehold New Jersey. Like, yeah, I mean, away. <laughs> yes, but it, that doesn't mean I ever, like I, I went to Philly on like a class field trip or something. Okay. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, I usually went up into New York and even then that was super sparingly. Um, I mean, there's certainly a lot of things that you can do. So if you're coming down on Friday, you are well prepped. Like we had been discussing, you already have everything lined up. There's plenty of stuff for you to do, even if it's not literally in the convention hall, even just around the convention hall. But, um, I mean, for me, when I've gone to other events and I've gone to cities, I'm not usually a sightseeing person to be perfectly honest. So I'm not, I'm usually, I'm getting there. I'm like taking the slow roll of, okay, now I'm going to go to the convention hall and just figure out where things physically are and just kind of wander around for a little while to take it easy the day before an event. It sounds like based on your, some of your stories that you're more, a little more wanderlust, Scott. <laughs> Usually after the event's over. Oh, not, okay. Not, I mean, this is a unique opportunity. Like you said, like the Friday is a unique opportunity where you, mm-hmm. if you're already qualified, you don't necessarily have to, to do that. Um, right. So you can, and I think the convention center is only a few blocks away from like Independence Hall, yeah. the Liberty Bell, um, stuff like that. There's a lot of good restaurants around there. Like we said, Reading Terminal, you should go to for breakfast and probably lunch on the day, especially on Friday. Um, Days that you have more time. (laughs) Yeah. Like when I go, like, again, I I never care where a lot of, like, a lot of people are like, oh, you're like, when I used to go to like travel internationally to play card games, they're like, oh, you're going to Paris. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm You're going to see the inside of a like, ballroom for, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's like that like, meme. There's a meme going around. It's like, oh, you travel the world. That's so cool. It's like the world, but it's four hotel fronts. <laughs> yeah. But, but like then I remember when we went to Paris the first time, cause I've been there twice since, um, like for, for, a, for gaming again, like the equivalent of the Friday, we went to the Louvre and things like that. So we did that. Um, so if you haven't been to Independence Hall and the Liberty Bell and Constitution Center and all that kind of stuff, like, you know, go for it. There's a lot of good museums like the Franklin Institute and Academy of Natural Sciences and, and things like that that are downtown. Um, it's a little too cold to go to the zoo, but it's a pretty good zoo. Yeah, I'm sure definitely. you go there all the time because you have two little kids. Yeah, we do actually hit up the zoo all the time. <laughs> that is um, definitely true. Maybe there's Christmas lights at the zoo. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know if the uh, if the the city's Christmas stuff is going to be up. But I assume it's up. But well, the convention center is like right in the middle of Chinatown, and there's that little park area. I have. I'm I'm legally obligated because wife is in chat. The Museum of the American Revolution. Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> she just showed up in chat. <laughs> I didn't even see the name. I saw it, and I'm like, that's definitely her. There's the Police Touch Museum. There's the Mutter Museum. There's, there's that. the. Philadelphia Museum of Art, which is really nice. Um, like I would, and I and and if you're into fine dining, I can point you in the direction of a lot of really good restaurants. Um, it might be tough to get a reservation now, but I can like if you want a really good reservation for like Thursday night or Saturday night, I wouldn't do it Friday night. Um, like there's a lot of like renowned chefs in the area, like top chefs in the area. Yeah, that are not that far from the convention center. Um, if you like 
if you like Asian food, there's a lot of good Asian food right by the convention center. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, Reading Terminal pretty much has everything. So I guess the only thing left is if you really want to go to Pat's and Gino's and get a cheesesteak. No, you don't. I don't, rec- I don't <laughs> recommend going to Pat's and Gino's. Yeah, there's um, that. <laughs> just go to Delisandro's in the Reading Terminal. It's fine. Um, if you really want to travel and get a much better one, go to Jim's on South Street, which I think was just rated. I think it was top rated in the last article I saw. Nice. Um, for people to travel to. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I the city's there. I go like I go to a lot of restaurants there. I don't really like, and I go to the museums and stuff, but I don't go down there all that often. So yeah, I mean, it's something that from having been to like traveling either for card games or other reasons throughout the u.s it's and we were joking about it since i grew up so close to both philadelphia and new york that i i had always just pictured that's what a city is that size that many people that many different things until i started traveling other parts of the united states and other areas and it's like yeah it's a city there's a lot of people not that many like as compared to here or not that many things as compared to here so if you if you do have the spare time, whether it's because you came in early, you're staying late, you know, whatever, there's definitely a lot of things you can check out. Yeah, like, if you went to Gen Con or you went to Origins, there's way more to do around the convention center in Philadelphia than there is in those cities, to be honest with you. It's it's one of those like, things that, to be honest, it would be almost analysis paralysis level where it's like, all right, we walk out of the convention hall. Well, what do you guys want to do? I don't know. There's like 7,000 things and you spend two hours yeah. deciding. So it may be worth like, if, especially if you have the free time ahead of time or you know you're going to have free time rather during the convention, like map it out to say, okay, yeah, I want to make sure that I at least make it to here. And then on the way, I'm sure you'll see 50 things. It's like, oh, well, maybe I'll check that out too. And lastly, if you're around on Sunday and you're listening to this and if you remember our Patreon, you already know this, but otherwise, seek us out. We are having a happy hour at the Field House, which is connected to the convention center as soon as you come out of the train station. <laughs> it's it's across from the Dunkin' Donuts. Nice. Um, just uh, I think it started, I think we have it starting at 3 o'clock. Um, just get in touch with myself, Dan, or Vince, um, if you're not already a member of the Patreon, because there's a different way of getting in. So just let us know if you're interested in attending. I'm sure we can make it work just because um, I don't know how many people are going to be there compared to the number of people that I set it up for. So if you want to watch some football after the top eight, um, and it's going to go, I think, from 3 o'clock to 8 o'clock, you know, feel free to let us know. Yeah, I'm not sure what time the actual convention closes on Sunday, but I'm assuming it's probably like 3 or 4. It's usually 4, and it's like a hot. It's like a hard. Like, oh yeah, they out. <laughs> we should probably point that out. Yeah, like yeah. they're not kidding. It's you don't have to go home, but you need to get the hell out. <laughs> yeah, you can't stay here. Yeah, um, at all. Um, I guess the only thing I would say, like, it's a really good public transportation system. So depending on where you're coming from and where you're staying, like, it's very easy. The convention center is what I think Market East or whatever is that the yes. I think that's the. It's wherever the running terminal is like it's very easy to get in and out from subway perspective or even from a train perspective like i'm probably gonna train oh yeah on friday and probably saturday because i live west yeah. of the city i i'm like only a handful of miles outside the city and i still i mean the train is really close i walk to the train my wife and i have done this the last two packs as we walk to the train jump on the train go to the convention center and take the train back home it's just 
it's so much easier, even as somebody who lives here, I can only imagine that for someone coming from out of town that it's, it's going to be worlds easier than driving. Yeah. I mean, depending on where you're staying, it may be a different situation. Like, well, further away, yeah. If you're a hundred yeah. miles from the nearest train stop, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know some people like a few years ago in a different, like when I was playing a different game, like they were staying in Cherry Hill. So they had to take like the path train in. I still told them, yes, oh boy. take the path train in instead of driving in. Well, it's so. just, it, it's, it's one less stressor of like, oh, well, I got to find a place to park and I got to pay for parking. I'm going to make sure it's, and then, oh, well, we had to park 30 blocks from, from the actual convention center. Like you can take the train right to the convention center. Yeah. Again, different than Gen Con and Origins, the convention center is just one thing around there. Businesses are still happening on Thursday, Friday, even Saturday. So like finding a parking spot is not easy. Right. And not, and not cheap. So that's, um, yeah, that, that's a key component. <laughs> so, um, I guess the only thing is Reading Terminal is it's not shut down on Sunday, but like not as much of it is open. Yeah. So if you, re- if you want a flair of international food from different places around the world, um, and really good food and try different things, like make sure you hit it up on Thursday, Friday. Right. Um, again, it's probably too late for me to influence people's like travel plans and staying plans, but, um, yeah, you, you never can know. let me know if you haven't yet, but uh, feel free. Well, I think there's a, there's a lot of new firsts and experiences for uh, for everybody coming in, whether it's from the game and the convention or just general, you know, experiencing the area. So, yeah, a but, lot of I mean, a lot of new things. I, I don't want to say don't just don't over. I don't want to say don't overthink the experience, but at the same time, like I guess just relax would be my thing. Like try to try not to be too stressed out yeah remember you, it's still it's still your hobby so yeah it you can definitely be your own worst enemy for sure yeah yeah um well i think that will do it for the the sections and stuff that i thought was going to be another 45 minute episode i'm looking at the timer and it's probably around 90 minutes again unless i cut out that whole part with the echo at the beginning but we'll we'll see um <laughs> no we need the rules yeah i know well when we talked about at dallas and uh, i yeah Again, congrats to Kai for taking that down. And by the time everybody's hearing this, we'll probably all be getting in that that last second preparation for the Energon Invitational. We hope to see everybody out there. If you happen to see one of us, feel free to come up and say hello, talk to us, whatever. I had a bunch of people who said, oh, I, didn't, I recognize the voice, but where do I know you from? Because I, would, I had the mask on up until Gen Con. So now people will, will recognize the mug at least, um, yeah. whether they want to or not. <laughs> yeah, and I don't look like Rick Sanchez. I, my face is out there in the places you can find me. Yes. <laughs> All right, folks. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And please tune in next time for more Tech Talk.